join me in the prayer to illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and the word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. A lesson from the Old Testament, 2 Samuel 8, 15, chapter 9, 1 through 4, and verses 9 through 10a. So, David reigned over all Israel, and David administered justice and equity to all his people. David asked, is there still anyone left of the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and he was summoned to David. The king said to him, are you Ziba? And he said, at your service. The king said, is there anyone remaining of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there remains the son of Jonathan, he's crippled in his feet. The king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, he's in the house of Meshur, son of Amiel at Lobadar, Lodabar. Then the king summoned Saul's servant Ziba and said to him, all that belonged to Saul and to all his house I've given to your master's grandson. You and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and shall bring in the produce so that your master's grandson may have food to eat. But your master's grandson, Mephibosheth, shall always eat at my table. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'd like to invite any of the children in the sanctuary who want to join me up here to come on up. And if you're worshiping online, just get a little closer to your screens. Since it's Communion Sunday, we have the rail closed here, so we'll have to walk up and around this way. Maybe some of you can help lead the way for the smaller ones. We know how it goes. Come on down. I'll meet you over here. Good job. So glad to see all of you. Come on up and take a seat. Thanks to the parents who help us. <laughs> Come on up. All right, as you're coming up, find a seat, a space. There's always more room for us to gather, make room for more. I want to tell you a story of something that happened to me when I was, oh, about 24 years old, 23 or 24 years old. I was living in Washington, D.C. Have any of you ever been to Washington, D.C.? That's where the White House is and the capital of the whole country is Washington, D.C. And to go to work every day, I would get on the subway. Do you know what the subway is? It's like a train that goes underground and takes you places in the city. 
we called it the Metro in Washington. So I would take the Metro to work every day. And usually it was really crowded and I would get on the Metro train and there were no seats left and people were standing and holding on to the bars ahead and just rattle on into the city. But one afternoon in, on the weekend, I was throwing Frisbee with some of my friends and I twisted my ankle and it swelled up really big and it hurt and I went to the doctor and he said, it's not broken, but it's sprained and you're gonna have to use crutches for a little while. So the next day was a day for me to go to work and I got on the Metro with my crutches and my backpack and it, there was no room to sit. And so for a little while I was standing there, I was kind of losing my balance and trying to hold on. And finally I felt this tap on my shoulder and someone pointed and there was a young guy who had green hair sticking up and he motioned to me and he said, here, you can have my seat. And he let me have his seat. And there were a lot of people on the Metro who didn't even notice that I was on crutches or didn't want to give up their seat. But he gave up his seat for me and it was a real act of kindness. And after that, I decided to always be looking on the Metro. If there was someone who might need my seat, who was having trouble standing up, that I would give up my seat for them. There are lots of ways every day that we can show kindness to people. So let's pray and ask God to give us eyes to see and the will to act. Let's pray. Gracious God, we all need kindness. We all need people who will do kind things for us. And we want to be kind too, because you are kind. So open our eyes and help us see if there's somebody who needs a helping hand and let us be those who help others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all so much. Three, four, and five-year-olds can go to Children's Church with Pastor Aaron. You're five, well, you qualify for Children's Church. And if you're older than that, you can return to seats with parents or friends. <laughs> Earlier this week, after I was done with my 48-hour flat test, which some of you know about, I had to lie down flat for 48 hours, which I actually kind of enjoyed in a weird way. But once I was able to get up and sit down at the dinner table with my family, we were having some conversations and we were talking about some interesting quotations and my husband David asked, what is your favorite quotation? He asked our child Levi and then asked me. And there are several quotations, of course, from the Bible and from Shakespeare and John Wesley that come to mind. But aside from those, the first one that jumps to my mind is this one. And you've probably heard it before. Be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. No one really knows who first said that. It's been attributed to everyone from Plato and Aristotle to Robin Williams. <laughs> so we don't know who was the first to say it, but it bears repeating. Be kind for everyone you meet is facing a hard battle. Just be kind, because you don't know what someone else is going through. This is a quotation that has 
has spoken to me my whole life, and especially right now in a world where we seem to have a dearth of kindness, when there's a lot of unkindness and even cruelty being passed back and forth on social media and on the highways. I just drove by a car the other day with a bumper sticker that said, back off. And I was like, I don't even know you. I'm sorry. You know, just hostility coming at you. It just reminds me of the need we have for, for a little more kindness in our world. Just think for a moment about the most recent time when you experienced kindness from someone else or you witnessed an act of kindness. Those are stories worth holding on to and retelling because we need to see those examples. Kindness is, is a word that is so much deeper than niceness. It's not just about being polite or nice. It's about genuinely caring for the well-being of another and taking action on behalf of another, whether or not they deserve it, whether or not they've asked for it, with the expectation of nothing in return, just being kind. There's a depth to the word kindness. And I think it's because it is an attribute of God. That word kindness shows up over and over and over again in the scriptures. The Hebrew word most often translated as kindness is chesed, H-E-S-E-D, we would transcribe it. And it's translated, it's hard to translate it into English. It's, it's often kindness or loving kindness or steadfast love or the faithfulness to a covenant. And God is described as having this nature of chesed all through the Psalms and the book of Exodus. We, of course, see it enfleshed in the life of Jesus. When he reaches out and touches that man with leprosy, when he turns toward the woman who's grabbed the edge of his cloak because of her, her hemorrhage that she wants healed, he turns to her and he calls her daughter. When he asks the blind man, what is it that I can do for you? We see that kindness lived out. The Apostle Paul says that kindness is part of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. It is an attribute of God that can take root in us and be enfleshed in us. Our scripture this morning is an example of kindness shown by King David to a young man named Mephibosheth. I'll say that three times fast, Mephibosheth. <laughs> Let me give you a little bit of historical background. If, if you're by chance not reading the Bible through the year as many of us are, or you've read it and forgotten it, or you have no idea what any of this is about, King David was the second king of Israel. And I know someone's eyes are rolling back in their head. Oh no, we're talking about kings and succession again after the coronation of King Charles. It's hard to keep all these kings straight. He was only the second one. He's number two. The first one was Saul. When the people demanded a king, God chose and anointed Saul, the prophet Samuel anointed Saul, and he ruled, but eventually he lost his way. He stopped being obedient to God. 
He became paranoid. He was volatile. And God chose David, who was not related to Saul, to be the next king. And so for a long time, David was around Saul. He was in Saul's court, and he served Saul faithfully. But Saul was up and down with David. There were days when he tried to kill him, and then days when he forgave him and reconciled with him. And David shows a lot of patience and loyalty in those chapters. Now, Saul had a son named Jonathan, who might have very well been the second king, but he knew that God had chosen David. And Jonathan and David loved each other. They had a very deep and abiding friendship. It said in the scriptures that Jonathan loved David more than his own soul. And in the 20th chapter of 1 Samuel, they make a covenant with each other to be loyal to each other, to always show steadfast love to each other, no matter what happens. A few years later, Saul and Jonathan and other members of the house of Saul are all killed in the battle of Gilboa. Now, Jonathan had a son named Mephibosheth. He was very little at the time, and when his nurse heard that Jonathan and Saul and so much of their family were killed in battle, she picked up Mephibosheth and fled, and in her fear and anxiety, she dropped him, and his legs were broken, and he could no longer use his legs. So David ascends to the throne. And up until this point in David's reign, he has proven himself to be faithful to God, a man after God's own heart. He rules with justice and equity over all the people. Things are going well with David as a king. And so he looks around and says, is there anyone left of the house of Saul to whom I may show chesed? to whom I may show kindness. The second time he says it, he says, to whom I may show the kindness of God. How can I be an instrument of the kindness of God toward the house of Saul? Now, any other king would have wanted the whole house of Saul killed because they're a threat. They might try to take the kingdom back, but not David. He wants to show mercy and kindness. And so Ziba, a servant of Saul, is brought before him and he says, well, there is the young man Mephibosheth. He's a son of Jonathan. Most kings would have said, take off his head, but not David. David says, bring him to me. And when they meet, he says, Mephibosheth, I give you everything that would have belonged to your grandfather and your father. It is yours. And more than that, you are now welcome at my table, just like one of my own sons. It is an act of genuine kindness. Now, there are some who read this text a little more cynically and say, well, David just wants to keep his enemies close. But that's not how the story is told. To use this word chesed over and over again, it is David embodying the mercy and kindness of God. Now, he loses his way later. He's a complicated character. He gets off track. He doesn't always do the right thing, but in this moment, he does. And isn't it something that the way he shows his kindness is making space at the table for Mephibosheth, for his enemy, for this victim of war who had become invisible? 
So this story reminds us of the kindness of God, the faithfulness of God, the loving kindness of God who sees us and invites us to the table, not because we necessarily deserve it, not expecting anything in return, but just because God is love and God is kind and God wants everybody at the table. And if we are the people of God, if we get to gather at this table, then it is now our responsibility to be instruments and vessels of that same chesed, that same loving kindness and mercy and faithfulness by making room at the table for everyone else to go out into the world and embody God's kindness because heaven knows our world needs it. It's a simple story. It's a simple message. Be kind, for God is kind.